Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm. What's up, everybody? We are back and better than ever for another edition of the Sporting Edge. We are going to finally break down college football as it is here. UCF played on Thursday night, I believe, which is the night we usually record, but we're even we're taking it a step back. We uh, we recording the show here Friday afternoon. It's nice and sunny outside, but I'm in here podcasting to you guys and i got wits on the line here he's pretty excited to get football going he had one of his first of a hundred drafts he's in i mean i've never seen somebody do more fantasy football leagues it's just the amount of conflict of interest involved is ridiculous i don't even know who he roots for on any given sunday um it's ridiculous but he's excited football's back he's gonna have a lot of great takes we got a lot of good week one matchups for college football and we're gonna break those down for you here early and often xander how you feeling today Feeling great. Uh, took off work a little bit early today. Had a great week. Um, so happy to be here. And yeah, a little odd doing the show on Friday, but that means we had one more one more day of news to get to you. Um, UCF looked pretty good on Thursday night against Connecticut. I know they were huge favorites, but still. Um, Connecticut, by the way, not a D1 team. Just want to put that out there for people. Sure, that's fair. Also, Northwestern, Texas A&M looked pretty good on Thursday as well. Um, so here on Friday night, we've got a little more slate. we got one more appetizer before we really kick it off Saturday morning. Um, a lot of games tonight. Should be another great season. Um, really looking forward to it. I mean, nothing better than the weekend. you got a little college football every Friday, Saturday all day, NFL on if Sunday. You, and if you're an addict, you get Mac action on, uh, on, on the Tuesdays. <laughs> yep, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, so it's just football is here, and I love it. Right. So let's break down the AP 25 and who's playing who this week. We do have some big games, like I mentioned. I just want to do a little early one. So out of the way, you take Clemson, who's second on the polls. They're playing Forum or Furman, whatever they are. Foreman? Furman. Furman. Let's just go with that. And then Austin Peavy is playing Georgia, who's in the three slot. Those are just two giveaway games. I'm interested with the one. Now, I understand Lamar Jackson's no longer at Louisville. I know they're going through a lot of problems at Louisville. But Louisville, not not the cakewalk team you'd expect to be given to Alabama on week one. Do you agree or disagree? Um, I'm kind of in the middle. I think there there's gonna be it's gonna be a lot tougher without Heisman winning quarterback over there and Lamar Jackson. Um, not your typical cakewalk, but I mean Alabama 
if I remember correctly, the last couple of years, they played some pretty decent teams on opening night. I think it was two years ago, it was USC. Um, I know they ended up... Was USC really a decent team, though? They were They were decent. Um, that was not a cupcake. I think the, I think the spread was only three points. Um, and they whomped them. Let's, yeah, just, let's just be honest about that's, it. That's uh, not the USC, problem. The, wait till I get to the Pac-12 roasting that I have lined up for this show today. <laughs> but um, I think one of the most interesting stories about this Alabama game will be um, how does Nick Saban handle, handle the, the Tua Tagovailoa um, and Jalen Hurts situation. They were both slated in, penciled in as number one starters, like 1A, 1B. Um, basically means they're going to each play a half. But, you know, Jalen Hurts, very interesting story because two national championships in a row he got to but was benched in the second half. And Tua, I'm not, I'm not going to go with his last name again, but he ended up leading them to, I think, one of the greatest championship comebacks in the history of college football. I mean, that was such an unbelievable game. Um, so it's going to be interesting this year where we go because if, you know, if, if Tua struggles and is terrible in the opener, like – how can you not go back to Jalen Hurts? But at the same time, um, Tua is like the next version of Cardale Jones. So. Maybe. And I just think it's interesting. I think this causes conflict amongst the team. When you don't know who your starter is, that can cause issue. And I'm not saying Alabama is going to lose week one. They're a team that I will pick to go to the college football playoffs and championship every single year as long as Nick Saban's there. But it'll be interesting to see how they perform in their first game. And will there be slides where they're actually trailing, where they're going to need to figure out on the fly who needs to adapt and who needs to make this play and that. So it'll be interesting. I think Alabama does come away with this Louisville win. I just wanted to address that. I don't think it's the case walk they normally have um right. and, that, and one more one more point that, on the quarterback situation i mean if there's one team that i think can handle this type of heat it's alabama you look at nick saban has taken you know the, the quarterback battle into the regular season many times you look at 2011 um you had aj mccarron who won the job in the second game of the season at penn state beating out philip sims um 2015 we had jacob coker solidified in the comeback win against old miss in week three um and in 2016, Blake Barnett was the four-season starter in four years for Bama. Um, so after a few series against USC in the opener, he was replaced by Jalen Hurts. So, I mean, Alabama, this is, I'm not going to say familiar, but it's it's a situation they've dealt with many times in the past. And we all know quarterback for Alabama is not typically the position that wins them national championship. It's a combination of their running game, their defense, in which they really just dominate, have dominated college football I think for the past decade now, I mean, there's there's no team that's even come close to their level of success. So I have a feeling that they'll figure it out once again this year. Fair. So let's keep going down the list a little bit. Wisconsin, who is way too highly ranked for me. They're fourth in the nation. They play Western Kentucky. That should be a cakewalk of a game. We don't. We both disagree about this Wisconsin thing, and I don't care if you change your mind at all. We we watched that game against Miami, two teams that were ranked pretty high in last year's AP Top 25. There's zero offense to be had on either of the Miami and Wisconsin team, so I don't know how Wisconsin has crept their way up to number four in the nation. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting now that they're starting – at such a high spot in the polls. I mean, we all know that their their side of the Big Ten is notoriously pretty weak. Um, I just have a hard time believing that they're going to play up to the level that they played at last year. But also a little bit of bias there. I've never been a Wisconsin fan. I don't really like their game that much. Um, they always seem to kind of fold at the biggest moments. So, I mean, for me, this week one matchup is pretty, you know, let, let's get it out of the way. Let's get to some real football. But 
mean, you look at the rest of that, their side of the Big Ten, I mean, there's not, I don't think there's much competition to be had there. Um, but the fact that they're starting off so highly ranked this year, if they can somehow run the table, um, play really well, um, and make a run at the Big Ten championship, then we could be seeing them in the college football playoff. Right. And then we got Ohio State at five, who's 37 point favorite over Oregon State. They will have no urban. I don't find that to be a problem. And they've got a new quarterback. So we'll see how that all goes. We got Washington Auburn. Now, that's the first top 10 game of the year. That is between number nine Auburn and number six Washington. And we could start the feudal hatred I have towards the Pac 12. This will be a blowout, without a doubt. Auburn will win this game by 21 points. And that might not seem like a blowout, but in a game where you're the sixth-ranked team and you're, I'm sure it's a neutral site to be, but you're playing the sixth-ranked team, you don't ever want to get beat that bad. I think Auburn's going to come in there and smack Washington around and show that the Pac-12 is once again a very weak conference. Hmm. Interesting. I've always been a kind of a Washington fan because I love rooting for the underdog a little bit. I don't think it's going to be as big of a blowout as you say it is, but... I do really like this Auburn team. And when you look at Auburn SEC football, they're returning almost their entire defensive front, which was one of the best in college football last year. I mean, I put them up against Clemson and Alabama, probably in the the top three um, for best defenses out there. And they also have a star quarterback in Jarrett Stidham. Um, So I think, you know, his struggles late last year, hopefully, you know, this offseason, he's had time to figure things out. But you look at Washington, on the other hand, they have one of the nation's best secondaries. So veteran offensive line. They do have a star quarterback and running back. So I think this will be a pretty good game, but I think Auburn will pull away. I think the defense is going to be a little bit too much. But if Washington can pull off this win in week one, look for them to make a run at the college football playoff. This is all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. If you missed the show, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm. What's up? What's up, everybody? We are back and better than ever. We just talked a little bit about my hatred towards the Pac-12 and their unreliability in terms of gambling. And that's led to my uh, pick of Auburn destroying Washington when it comes to their week one matchup. We're moving forward. Number seven on our list is Oklahoma. They play Florida Atlantic, who is coached by the man Lane Kiffin himself. I think this is going to be a high octane offensive attack that we see from this Florida Atlantic team. I think it puts uh, Oklahoma on their heels. I think this makes it a little bit of an interesting game. I think they are one of my favorites to be potentially upset in week one. Um, I don't know if you feel any bit the same way about that, but no Baker, kind of a new team you're running in Oklahoma. It should be interesting, to say the least. Yeah, I think this will be pretty interesting. Um, Spread-wise, we've got 20 and a half right now um, on Oklahoma, but Florida Atlantic, they had a great year last year, and Oklahoma coming in with a new quarterback. I mean, no matter how talented the next man up is, I think it's always interesting when you start off with a new quarterback, especially a guy who is a top 10 pick in Major League Baseball. So how will Kyler Murray fare? Fair, right? Um, Fair is the right word. You did a great job. Four-letter word. Four-letter word. That you got right. Right. Um, so he earned the full-time starting job after beating out Austin Kendall in the preseason. Um, so a little bit about Murray. started three games as a true freshman at A&M in 2015 before transferring, then served as Baker Mayfield's backup a year ago um, and started one game when Mayfield was suspended for the opening drive against West Virginia. Um, so we will see what tricks Lane Kiffin will pull out of the bag um, against Oklahoma. I think this is an interesting game. 
I will take FAU plus the 20 and a half. Um, I think that's either going to be a really tight game or I think Oklahoma's going to run away and win by 35, 40 points. But I think it should be interesting. Oklahoma is a team that is notoriously disappointed when it really matters most. I think they had a great year last year. It was one of the better years in recent memory. Um, I think it was their best year probably since Sam Bradford was there. Um, and then, you know, of course, Bob Stoops won the college football national championship. I think it was back in 2000. So this should be an interesting game. Lane Kiffin, um, say what you want about him. The guy's always in the news. He's always making noise. Um, and last year made a lot of good noise with Florida Atlantic. Absolutely. So while Xander was going on that perfectly timed rant about Oklahoma, I was looking up our last year's poll, Xander, and I almost forgot how could we forget to give the fans our picks each week. We do three college football and three NFL. Luckily, we're only having to choose three to start off this week. I don't know what games you've looked at. I know this is going to be really off the dome week one. We haven't done a whole lot of college football. But remember, I was uh, I was a dark horse last year. If you were betting with me, you were winning money. If you were betting with you, you took some losses. Is there any games I I was, What was my overall seen? record? I thought I was pretty decent in college football. NFL was where I struggled. Uh, fair. Very okay, fair. I am pulling it. Yeah, you're. Oh, but I have I have all the the what I'm pulling up is none of none of it's relevant. This is bad radio for a second, but all of it is like University of Dayton recruitment plans. I mm. picked the wrong PDF file or Excel file. So if you want to know who they were trying to recruit in 2016, I've got an entire list of their high school, their position, and their ratings. But uh, I don't think we need that on this show, especially since we won't be picking any of the Dayton games. But uh, is there any games to you that you are seeing currently? I know. I'm going to try to get you to pick three, but usually you're a little stubborn. Any spreads no, that are I will pick intriguing. three. Um, and usually, you know, let's let's be fair. Let's keep it near the top 25. Let's make it interesting. Um, my first game of the year, West Virginia Mountaineers traveling to Tennessee to take on the Volunteers. They are a 10-point favorite on the road. Um, and I think this is an early test for a West Virginia team that, although they're ranked outside the top 10 right now, they're a team that I think could make a run um, in college football this year. I think they've got one of the best quarterbacks in the nation in Will Greer, um, top returning signal caller in the Big 12. They have an unbelievable offense. They got David Sills, the fifth, interesting, who caught 60 passes and had not one, not two, but 18 touchdown catches last year. Tennessee, as much as I love the Volunteers, I think last year was their time to shine, and they shit the bed as they normally do. I love West Virginia, um, even as a road favorite here, 10 points. I think this is going to be a three-touchdown game. I love Will Greer. Take West Virginia minus a 10 on the road. That's a nice pick. I'm actually going to stick where we start off with and go for Atlantic. I like them plus 20 and a half against Oklahoma. They'll be my first pick. I think that's my most outlandish pick I've got going. And then I've got one. And we're just going to bring up the controversy. I'm not going to take sides, not really go into it. A lot of stuff's going on with Maryland, the death of one of their student athletes due to potential um, ignorance. And I don't think ignorance was the right word, but um, lack thereof of paying attention to health concerns. So Maryland's going through some coaching issues of their own, but they're playing Texas. And Texas is a 14-point favorite. Um, I kind of like that. I think this is a year Texas maybe punches some people in the mouth. I like Texas minus 14 here in this situation, and they're going to be my second pick of this year's week one matchups. Damn, might have stolen my fire a little bit. Um, I'll stay away from that game. I think 14 might be a little much, but I do agree with you. I think this could be the year that Texas finally gets back to being relevant. 
um, second year under Tom Herman. Um, I think it's always tough to judge a coach in the first year, especially coming in. It's not really his recruits, his players. I know he's inputting his system. Um, and, you know, nothing nothing against Charlie Strong, but didn't really get the job done, and that's why he's no longer um, the coach of the Longhorns. But I do think they're going to have a fantastic year. I have Texas um, as one of my five teams that I took in my college football wins pool. Um, I think they're going to have a much better year than they did last year. I think they had seven wins last year. Um, might have been six, but regardless, they weren't very good. But Texas is one of those teams like Michigan, who I think is good. they're going to be the next team to return to relevancy. Um, Texas has been a great football team for a long time, but it's been, I want to say, probably since Colt McCoy, um, when they got to the national championship against Bama probably six or seven years ago, that they've even been worth mentioning. I love Texas this year. I'm going to stay away from that game. Here's another team that I love in 2018. That would be the Florida State Seminoles. They are seven-and-a-half-point favorites at home against a big conference rival in Virginia Tech. That is Monday night at 7 p.m. I hate laying that extra half point, but I don't think it's going to matter in this game. DeAndre Francois is back. Hopefully the first game of this season goes a little better than the first game of last season, if you remember. Um, Huge matchup against Alabama. And by the way, I think you got to take back your Alabama cupcake comment because last two years playing Florida State and USC – First week of the year, that's that's pretty good, I would say, out of all the teams out there. But regardless, I, I maybe mean, I'm just used to seeing them play Tennessee, Chattanooga so often sure. that that's my general issue with it. But you're right; I'll take away the cupcake comment. Sure, um, but I like Florida State this year. I think they're going to have a big year. I think it's going to start on opening night. Um, I think this win is going to catapult them to having a great season. If they drop this game to Virginia Tech, I'm all out. My chips are gone on Florida State. If they can't pull this win off at home, I think they're going to be a much better team, though. Um, Jimbo Fisher moved on to Texas A&M, so we've got a new man at the helm. Um, But I just just think Florida State with DeAndre Francois, I think the defense is underrated this year, and I think their offense, um, the kind of big playmaker like DeAndre, I think they're going to have a big year. Um, I think Monday night, I'm going to call this a two-touchdown game. I think they win by 14. All right, Witch, since I'm the dictator of all everything, and I believe it's the year of Roz, I'm going to force your third pick. I'm going to force you to choose because I think me and you are going to differ on this, which I'm very excited. I, I think the Michigan Notre Yes, you have to put that game in there. The Michigan Notre Dame game, we have to we have to bring this up. We got 12 versus 14. It's basically a pick. I'm really right now. I've got it at um, I think it's Michigan minus one right now. No, Michigan plus one right now. Um, I'm interested. I want you to go first, see if me and you are on the same page. I don't like when I tell you and then you unfortunately have to tell the fans that we're actually agreeing for once. Yeah, I hope we don't have to agree, but this is another game that I feel very, very strongly about, and I like the Wolverines. I think this is going to (laughs) be – damn it. Uh, Yep. (laughs) That sigh, if you could hear that sigh into the mic, that was was Roz coming out with a – a tough he wanted to fight he wanted to battle wits this week it does not look like that's going to be the case as we both are looking to take michigan plus one yeah and i think like florida state like texas i think michigan i think this is also going to be the year of the wolverine um jim harbaugh i think by no means is his job in jeopardy but you know coming off the two 10 win seasons had the eight win season last year michigan kind of reminds me of a they're a team like lsu 
always have a pretty good defense, but they just can't really seem to find the guy under center who can get them to the next level. But we're going to break down more action from the Michigan-Notre Dame game, um, give you more of our insight after the break. If you miss a show, everybody, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm, amfm247.com, and we'll be back with more college football. What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report, bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Chalady, the cow guy, as seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got the Badger, who writes the hot topics in the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to thebubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at bubba at thebubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at bubba at thebubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, thebubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. What's up? What's up, everybody? We are back and we have breaking news, which is not really that big of breaking news, but we're going to bring you two extra picks since it's week one. And we'll probably, to be honest, go with five picks a week for you guys. We did go back and look into the capsule of time and we found out that uh, we both finished 21 and 16 last year. We, for some reason, only went through week 11. So if somebody wants to go back and call us out on why we stopped doing picks last season, let us know. Um, but we got two more for you. Xander, I'm going to let you lead us off with your two extended picks. I know that me and you disagree on our final pick, so that'll uh, create a little bit of controversy and stir. Yeah, so I'm actually on my fourth pick. Um, had West Virginia, Michigan, and fill me in on my third because I know I already made it. Your third was FSU, West FSU. Virginia, Stanford, and Miami. Um, that was completely out of order. You just gave away all my picks. Um, right. <laughs> But I'm going to take the Stanford Cardinal, um, two-touchdown favorite at home versus San Diego State. I think San Diego State's a pretty good team, but I just think opening night, I think Stanford has something to prove this year. Kind of disappointing 9-5 and five last year. And I think they have a guy who got to be one of the favorites for the Heisman Trophy this year um, in Bryce Love. This guy is unbelievable. Put on 10 more pounds of muscle. Um 2,100 rushing yards last year with 19 touchdowns. Stanford offense average a little over 32 points a game and almost 400 yards a game. I think they're just going to run circles around San Diego State. Um, I'm looking for them to get up pretty early, pretty often, um, and they're just going to feed Bryce Love for the rest of the game. So I don't think this is going to be a very close game. Um, but San Diego State, uh, they lost Rashad Penny, who is was a great, great running back last year. Um, but now they got a pretty good backup. I don't think say, is that pretty much all you can say about SDSU? <laughs> of course, like I'm, you know, I'm a top twenty-five guy. I don't follow these teams unless they sneak into the top twenty-five. I'm taking Stanford minus fourteen at home. I think it's going to be a big year for them. Uh, I'm looking for ten wins. Fair. I'm going with Auburn, which we talked about earlier. We already broke down that game. I'm going to take the minus two and a half. And then finally, we disagree on our last pick. I'm going to go LSU plus three and a half against the Miami Hurricanes, as I think 
the SEC will once again show off their true dominance and kick the ass out of a, an ACC opponent like Miami, which has zero offense going for it. Mm, but how soon you forget that Miami is coached by a former SEC madman, Mark Richt. Um, I think he had a great first year at Miami, uh, really took that team, was into the national title conversation for a long time, definitely in the playoff conversation. Um, and I agree, the offense could be a little tough tough to come by, but I think you could say the same thing about LSU. I mean, for the past almost as long as I've been watching college football, LSU has struggled on the offensive side of the ball. My best memory of them was in the national title game against Bama when they didn't get past the 50-yard line until two minutes left in the fourth quarter. Um, but I think Miami's going to come out strong in this one. Very tight game, um, three and a half. I don't like the half again, but I, I think they win by seven here. I think it's going to be a close one. I'm thinking 21-14, 24-17, something like that. Um, but I think this Miami defense is just going to overpower um, this LSU offense. Um, I think Terry Rozier is going to have a better year. Um, only completed you know, 45% of his passes in the final three games. Some games that, they, that Miami needed to win if they wanted to be in that playoff hunt. But... You know, I think he, I think he's a good player, and I really like Mark Richt. I think the change of scenery was good for him. Um, I think he kind of overstayed his welcome a little bit at Georgia, and I think both teams are better off uh, where they're at now. And I like I like the Canes minus three and a half. I'm going to stick with LSU. I just think when it comes down to defense versus defense here, obviously both two great programs, but at the end of the day, it's going to be an LSU victory, and I think them being the underdogs is just perfect for me. So that is our college football picks for this week. We're excited for football to get back at it. USC is playing UNLV. I just had to put that out there as I will be attending a USC game this year, so Sporting Edge people watch out for that. I'll be uh, live and rowdy. Um, let's, uh, let's talk a little NFL. We don't have games to pick for you guys yet this week, but I want to start off with Two of the greatest players currently in the league receiving two massive deals. We'll start off with your favorite human being, and then we'll go to my favorite human being. Aaron Donald agreed to a six-year deal with the Los Angeles Rams for $135 million, with 87 of it being guaranteed. That surpasses Vaughn Miller as the highest-paid, or at least with the highest-guaranteed money for any defensive player. Interesting article came out about this, that that tightens the Super Bowl window for the Rams which I found very interesting and very true because Goff's contract's up in the next couple of years, and then they just used all this money on Donald. I believe that when they have to go pay big for Goff, it's going to hurt a lot of their cap space, and they're going to have to lose some of the significant players down the line. So the window, a little tighter now in L.A. And that's always the conundrum with sports is when you have a guy who just starts playing like he's the best player in the league which he very well is. I think on the defensive side of the ball, there's nobody who disrupts a game more right now than Aaron Donald. I think he's worth every penny that they paid him, and I'm glad they got this deal worked out because I know that people were talking about they threw all this money at Brandon Cooks, um, and you know they threw, I don't remember a couple, but they threw a lot of money at a lot of people who you know hadn't really been a part of what was going on there. But Aaron Donald, ever since he came in the league, he's just been tearing it up, and... I agree with you. This does tighten the window a little bit because if Jared Goff continues to progress, he's going to command a lot of money when that time comes. But this Rams team, I think the time to win is now. I think there is no better time. Um, And they showed last year that they can definitely play with the best teams in the NFL. 
You're always going to have to worry about the Patriots and the AFC as long as Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are over there. But, I mean, this Rams team with, you know, McVay, Goff, Gurley, Donald, um, Sue now, and a lot of other pieces on that defense, one of them being Aqib Tlaib, this is a spooky team coming into 2018. Um, I'm glad Donald got his money because Defensive Player of the Year um, has been a has been a Pro Bowler every year in the league. I think I think this is going to be a scary team, and I, I love the fact that they paid their best player because I think he deserved it. Right, and I don't disagree with you, and I think that it will hurt them down the line. But for right now, it is time to win. But it's going to be tough for them to win because somebody else just got paid. And he got paid a whole hell of a lot of money. $103 million guaranteed to the greatest player in the NFL. Mr. Aaron Rodgers will be leading the Packers for the next six years. It was a four-year deal, but that contract does not take effect until two years from now after his current contract is up, saving the Packers tons of cap flexibility to still go out and try and trade for Khalil Mack, which will be a topic we discuss briefly here in a second. But Aaron Rodgers will be what blocks the Rams, what blocks the Eagles, what blocks every other NFC team from winning because we're about to go on a three Super Bowl stretch starting this week or next week, week one. Yeah, another interesting deal. Aaron Rodgers is trying to become the next Tom Brady playing until he's 50 years old. Um, But there's really no indication that Aaron Rodgers is slowing down at all. I know he has had some injury history, but... None of it has really seemed to do with his age at all. I mean, I know he got driven, piled, piled driven into the ground by Anthony Barr. Um, I think that was last year. Also had a couple of concussion problems. I think it was a few years ago, but I agree with you. Aaron Rodgers, um, probably the most talented. It's probably the best quarterback in the NFL. Um, makes a lot of things happen, and they do have a lot of weapons. I know they lost Jordy Nelson, but when you look at Devontae Adams, looks like he's ready to become the number one receiver on that team. I'm not a big fan of him, but you know the guy is talented. And Randall Cobb, who's been a part of a lot of trade talks recently, I think still can get it done. And then Jeronimo Ellison, I think, is another guy um, could have a breakout year. And then one of your favorite guys that you keep bringing up every week, Jimmy Graham. Um, so this is a talented team. But I think, as you know, e, the question with the Packers is, will they be able to stay healthy, and specifically on the defensive side of the ball? Because you know, without any defense, it's hard to get to the top. Fair. Our defense has been looking a lot better. We have the young talent in Jair Alexander and Kevin King coming into his second season. Injuries are big. That's going to be the big issue. And at the end of the day, I think if we stay healthy, this defense looks brand new. Mike Pettin coming in and doing an absolute great job. Joe Philpin, who came back from the Dolphins, was there when the Packers won their last Super Bowl. I think it's time to shine. The Packers aren't messing around. You'll see Khalil Mack wearing a beautiful jersey in the green and gold fashion here shortly, I believe. And uh, this team's ready to rock. And regardless if we get Mac or not. This is this is the team to watch. Xander, how much time do we have before the break, before I start our next topic? About 20 seconds, my friend. Well, when we get back from the break, everybody, we are going to do our preview of the NFL. We're going to pick each division winner, and we'll let you know how we feel this NFL season is going to unfold. Yep, you heard it here. We're breaking down the NFL, and of course we're going to save a little bit of time for Major League Baseball because we are coming down the final stretch. We get about 25 games left. Um, super exciting. Division races are in full throttle right now. Um, but yeah, we got to break down each division. We're going to pick our Super Bowl champions, which I think, I think we already did last week. Um, I may or may not have picked the Giants again, but that's all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. If you miss a show, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm. 
amfm247.com, and we'll be back after the break. What's up, what's up, everybody? We are back and better than ever. I am currently sitting with our new fantasy football trophy, the Kevin Marsh Memorial League. We've put three perpetuals on it. It looks absolutely stunning. We got it here in Hollywood at Hollywood Trophy Company. I recommend for all your Hollywood trophy needs, go over to their store. They create an amazing product. This trophy worth $185, completely worth the buy. They do tailor to your needs. They're very lovely human beings. Let's get back to the NFL, which is what we will be drafting in a mere two days, actually. We have two days until our draft, maybe three. I'm really bad at math. But we're going to start by breaking down divisions. It's going to be pretty quick. we got to go through a lot of divisions in a short time. But we're going to give you division winners. Xander, this is where it's going to be hard. You need to either save your pick or know when you were planning to pick because there's two wildcard teams, obviously. But when we bring up the division, you can either claim that there will be a wildcard team coming out of this division or you can pass by and wait for another division. We're going to start with the AFC East just because I believe it's the easiest. The New England Patriots, to me, are by far and away favorite to win. you got Josh Allen with the Buffalo Bills, who I don't think is ready to catapult that team back into the playoffs. I know they ended their longest drought ever last year or the longest nfl drought that was still lasting guess, um, they got to the postseason guess who was the, I, the main culprit of the bills making the playoffs tyrod taylor no it was andy dalton with the huge andy, week 17 the huge win. play and i love the bills mafia for how funny they are but they also donated four hundred thousand dollars to a charity that andy dalton supports so i believe that was an amazing cause an amazing show of sportsmanship for the bills See, yeah, that, um, very low-key that is one of my favorite things about sports is just you know andy dalton having a great comeback drive and a meaningless game for them um ends up working well for everybody gets a huge donation to his charity i thought that was awesome he got a standing ovation from the bills crowd when they came there for the preseason really cool moment um and kind of reinforces the fact of why i love andy dalton um so yeah but very easy division i think we're picking um I think it's got it's got to be the Patriots. I don't think any of these other three teams are even going to sniff the playoffs. Um, Buffalo. Two, it's two rookie quarterbacks in this division, yeah, and then I, Ryan Tannehill, who's basically fresh after Tony Seattle. I'm, I'm not very high on Buffalo at all. Even if they had Tyrod Taylor this year, I think that was a pretty weak team that made the playoffs last year. Miami, I just don't see it. Um, I don't think Ryan Tannehill's the answer. I think he'll be about average I think it'll be about the same as he always is might throw 20 22 touchdowns um and then the Jets I think the Jets will be fun to watch um because I think they do have some pieces on defense and it'll be fun if Sam Darnold gets into the mix which I think he definitely will it just depends at what point could be week one but there's no chance any of these teams even come close to competing with the Patriots so I think both of our slots that'll be the number one team very interesting division in the AFC North and I'm going to take a surprise team here to win this division, Roz. That'll be the Baltimore Ravens. This will be the year of the Raven. Joe Flacco is going to rewind the clock. Got some new weapons, mainly being Michael Crabtree there in Baltimore. Terrell Suggs still a part of that defense, so you know that they still have a little life over there. Um, I think this is going to be a dogfight between Baltimore and Pittsburgh this year. I think Cincinnati is going to be right behind them, but I don't think they're going to have enough mustard to get there. But I do like Baltimore to win the division. I think they're going to go ten and six this year. I got Pittsburgh at nine and seven, and I've got Cleveland. Excuse me, Cincinnati at eight and eight. Cleveland will win four games this year. 
funny. This is another division to me that it seems easy. I'm going to go Steelers here winning the division going against your pick. I think the Ravens are not there. C.J. Mosley is a force on the defensive end for the Ravens. I don't believe offensively Joe Flacco is going to be able to turn back the clock. I think there's going to be too much pressure on him with Lamar Jackson hovering in the back of his mind. I don't see it. I think the Ravens are an 8-8 eight and eight team. I think the Bengals are a 6-10 and 10 team, and I think the Browns are a 4-12 team. I think the Steelers get out of this easily, go, finishing the season 11-5. and five. They got a tough road, but I think they're going to win the AFC North and join the Patriots. We move to the AFC South, which I think is going to be a little more cluttered. The AFC South, for the first time in a long time, has the most potential to have the best dog fight in the AFC and have good teams doing it. So my pick is the Houston Texans out of this division. I wow. think Deshaun Watson, a fully healthy year, I think he is going to lead this team to a great record. I think with DeAndre Hopkins going to be the best receiver in the league this year, I'm all Texans. And my wildcard pick is going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars, just beating out the Tennessee Titans and the Indianapolis Colts who get luck back this year. Hmm. Interesting. I hate to agree with you, but I'm very high on the Texans as well this year. I love Deshaun Watson. I think this is going to make for a great football team. You look at defensive side of the ball, I think they still got one of the top playmakers in the game in J.J. Watt. And if those two can stay healthy, along with Jadavian Clowney, I think this team could win 12 games this year. But at the same time, I agree with you, the division, I think they're going to beat up on each other, which I think is going to hurt a lot of their playoff chances. I'm kind of low on Jacksonville this year. I know they had a great year last year. I think that defense is poised to be great again, but I think they're going to get beat up in this division a little bit. I think Indianapolis is going to surprise some people. If Andrew Luck can stay healthy, I think they might steal a couple games here and there. Um, going to make it tough, but I do think Houston is the best team in this division. And it's tough. You know, I, I leave kind of Tennessee by the wayside. I think they're going to be pretty good. I think they're going to be 9-7. and seven. I don't think that's going to be enough to make the playoffs. So I'm going to take one team out of this division. That's the Houston Texans, which leaves me... Um, was I got three division winners, and I'm excuse me, I didn't put Pittsburgh in the playoffs, but I'm going to put them in as the one wild card. And the next division, I'm going to take to win the division this year, the Los Angeles Chargers. Give me Philip Rivers. This is the year where he goes back to the playoffs. I like Kansas City as the number two team in that division. They're going to take the second wild card spot. Um, I think Oakland's going to have a little bit of a tough time this year. First year under John Gruden. I like that Derek Carr is back and healthy, but I just don't think this team is good enough, especially without Khalil Mack, which looks like he's going to miss some games and might possibly even be traded. I think Denver's going to struggle with their quarterback situation over there. I love the Chargers this year. Yeah, I think this division's awesome as well. I told you I'm taking the Jags, Texans, Raven or not Raven Steelers and Patriots so I'm gonna have to choose a wild card here I think the Raiders are gonna be my wild card coming out of here and I think the Kansas City actually the Raiders are the division winner for me and I'm gonna go with a surprise pick in the Kansas City Chiefs Pat Mahomes is gonna be a six-seeded man when they make it to the postseason I like the Kansas City Chiefs here their defense still very much a threat and if Pat Mahomes really can throw the ball as far as he's gonna throw there's no one that can keep up with Tyreek Hill when they go downfield Kareem Hunt still gonna be an absolute monster I like the Chiefs being a wild card team, and I love Derek Carr bouncing back with his boy Amari Cooper. I think this is the year that they pull it all together, and I think the Raiders are going to win this division with John Gruden at the helm. Yeah, I agree. Um, got about a couple minutes left, so let's move to the NFC. Going to have to go a little quicker, but looking at the NFC East, got Dallas, New York, Philly, and Washington. Um, I like Philly to win the division this year. I think Dallas is going to play better than they did last year, but I don't think they have enough firepower to compete. Um, I think the New York Giants are going to surprise a couple people, but I think they're going to end up 8-8. Eight and eight. 
I do like Philly to come out of this division as the winner and the only playoff team in the East. I'm with you 100%. I think the Philly or the Philadelphia Eagles are the only team. Redskins don't have enough. I think they're going to be the worst in the, the division. Giants are going to be that sexy 8-8 eight and eight team that you need to beat on a team down the stretch. And like you said, the Cowboys will just come up short because the NFC North is going to take us by storm. Here it is, folks. We are going to have three NFC North teams in the playoffs this year. Green Bay winning the division, Minnesota and Detroit following them up with wildcard positions. Wow. Um, I like two teams out of the North. Uh, I like Minnesota to win the division. I like Green Bay to get that first wild card spot. Looking at the South, Atlanta, Carolina, New Orleans, and Tampa Bay. Watch out. Drew Brees is going to be in the MVP conversation. I like New Orleans, and I like Atlanta to get that second wild card. we got about one minute left, Roz. So give me your South picks, and let's go to the West. NFC South, I also am going to go with the Saints to win the division. Don't give a crap about anybody else there. AFC West, it's going to be the Los Angeles Rams, and they're just going to stomp all over their AFC West opponents so that none of them will make the postseason. I agree. I do love the Rams in this division. You've got a weak, I think, a weak Seattle team. I think Russell Wilson's going to struggle this year. Um, San Francisco, I think, will be good. I think they'll be decent, but not enough to make the playoffs. I think I see seven or eight wins out of them. Arizona um, kind of left them by the wayside. I think I see six wins out of this team. It's going to be tough. Uh, got Bradford at the helm right now. Josh Rosen might see some playing time. Those are your playoff picks, everybody. We didn't get to baseball quite yet this week, but we got a lot of stuff going on. We're going to bring it back next week. We're going to focus a lot on the NFL picks for week one. That is all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. If you miss a show, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm and amfm247.com. Football is back. Got a great month of September in the works, and we'll see you next week, everybody. Revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm.